You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? It's your boy Eric. We're here with Anthony and Shayna. And we have a special guest today, Caesar Ray. Yes, What's happening? Yes. Everything is going great. How's everything going with you guys? Man, it's great. Going great. We glad to have you here. Anthony, he was like, hey, I got this guy I know. He's a rapper. Want to bring him in? He's like, all right, let's do it. See some, some of your, your music. Listen to your music, man. It's fire. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like thank it. You. I've been doing it for a while now. It's been over 18 years. Man. And um, I definitely feel like I've mastered the craft. Definitely. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, y'all, it's the third day of summer. How's everybody feeling? Feeling good. I hope yeah. the sunniness lasts. Yeah. This is a horrible last. year, man. It ain't going to last Weather-wise. long. <laughs> well, yeah, I, des- I definitely can agree with that. Um, <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I hope the summer lasts, and I hope, you know, people stay safe during the heat as well. Yes, yeah, sir. The first day of summer, everything. It's always wild, really right? crazy yeah. in the city. Y'all, so what's some summer plans y'all got? I know it's, it's early. It's still, still the third day. Y'all got anything y'all trying to do? No, Man, no. <laughs> Think about maybe renting, renting like a cabin or something off Airbnb or Airbnb. Uh, what are they oh, called? Airbnb. 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 You messed Airbnb. the whole name up. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Or, well, I'm thinking about dropping my album in the next hey. few weeks. I would say the next week or so. I would have dropped it a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. I'm a perfectionist. I've been listening to it, okay. and I just want to get a couple of tinkers done before I actually put it out. So, what's what's going to be the name of you? Can you can you say the name of the album? The name of the album is called The Key to Hustling. The Key to Hustling. Yes. Okay. And um, does anybody know The Key to Hustling? Shoot. <laughs> Ambition, <Hustling>? motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, and being able to accept a no. A mm. lot of people they don't know how to do that, and that's the key because you know you can get a hundred no's before you get your first yes. That's true. You keep that kind of attitude up before you know it, you'll be a successful hustler. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to do that though. Yeah, no, man. One thing I've heard right. is that you gotta you gotta fail forward, right? We all fail in our lives. We're going to face challenges, obstacles, but if you learn from that and grow from it. Nothing can stop you. Definitely. That's good. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And if you learn from the failures and you learn from the no's, you can perfect your craft. Yep. You can perfect anything that you're trying to do. And that's the truth. So you will be ready for success. You'll be ready for the yes. Yeah. Because you get a yes too soon, you might not be ready for it. That's true. That's that's definitely. I've seen a lot of people who got yeses real quick and they it messed them up. They weren't ready. That's like the uh, that's like um. When you get famous when at a real young age yeah. and then you grow up and you're all screwed up in the head because you don't even know what being, you know. All those child stars, man. Yeah, exactly. Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and all of them. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, the toll it takes. Britney, Britney brought it back around, though. Let's put respect know, on Britney's name. Let's, yeah. Britney brought it back around. We could talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Caesar, so the way the format works, for those who don't know, so we have our three segments. So we do current events. Uh, we do Hip Hop Corner with Shayna and then Anthony's Two Cents. So let's let's start with current events. Um, y'all, it's some big news that's been going on this week in terms of the discussion around reparations. I'm sure y'all heard about it, right? Yes. And so the uh, the Senate had a um, a hearing where they brought in Tanahashi Coates, uh, Danny Glover was there. Who else was there? Coleman Hughes. Coleman Hughes was there. <laughs> so we had we had a bunch of people who were talking about sort of the need for reparations and kind of why they're they're advocating for it. Um, for those who don't know, obviously, you know, slavery was a, a huge economic boost for our country and slavery used African slaves from the African continent, brought us over here and pretty much created the country on the backs of our work. Right. And there has been a lot of and I think this happens like every 
10 to 15 years, we had a discussion about reparations and whether we should bring it back or at least provide reparations for Af- African descendants. Um, and there's a lot of mixed reactions about that. Me personally, I'm for it. Right. I don't know what y'all views are. Um, but I think that this definitely needs to happen at some point. It won't happen during this administration. I pretty much guarantee that. But uh, whoever we bring in next, um, hopefully they lean towards that. So question for you all. Do we deserve reparations? Why? And how does it go? How is it going to work? I definitely think we deserve reparations. You know, I feel like we're like the Capricorns of the Zodiac signs of black people, if you will. You know, yeah. right after Christmas, they, uh, the money spent. Yeah. You can't yeah. give you a, we can't give you a, we can't give you a birthday. It's right after Christmas, man. You right. gotta just get, you know, get with the program. You know what just happened. Yeah. But the thing about it is, you know, the Capricorns still deserve a birthday, you know, mm-hmm. so I do not think that, I definitely think that we do deserve, uh, reparations. I see a lot of, uh, a lot of problems could be fixed just yeah. with that alone, you know, yeah. not only in my life, but I think we love spending it. I think it is. I think it actually stimulate the economy. You For know, sure. I don't think that maybe I think that maybe also there should be maybe some kind of like, you know. I don't want to just, you know, just create some kind of loop that they would just have people jumping through to be able to get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. But I do think in some situations, you know, a lot of money to some people could possibly cause problems. Right. Um, but when I really think about it, how much problem could they cause if every black person in the neighborhood mm-hmm. has the same amount of money? <laughs> true, I yeah. mean, I can't sit up here and try to sit up here and sell, you know, crack to you as, a, uh, you know, somebody that's above you. Right. And you have just as much money as me. I mean, yeah. I don't know though. I definitely yeah. could see it happening as a problem in some places though. You know, mm-hmm. some people could probably overdose, you know. Right. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, uh, where the guy was running with the time on him and he gave that one guy a lot of time. Uh, what was that? What was that movie that I'm was talking it Justin about? Timberlake. Was it no. just a t- in time, yeah. In time. Oh, yeah. It was in time. And he gave that guy all that time on his arm and he just like drunk himself to death yeah. instead of um, you know, being productive with his family. Yeah. So I can see that happening in some situations, but yeah. Should that be something that they even care about? No, because we don't care when people inherit money that they didn't earn and they blow True. it. True. But yeah, like just to piggyback off what uh, Caesar said, it would like we need immediate economic relief. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the crimes that you know black people go to jail for are locked up for. They're poverty crimes. They're right. crimes that impoverished black people do. And when you look at the middle class, middle class black people. For the most part, they don't commit crime. Yeah. And the, t- the fact, too, that with reparations is not only providing, you know, financial and economic incentive, but it's also acknowledging the atrocities of the past. Right. It's just saying like, hey, we're sorry for what we did as a government. We haven't even gotten that. Like we talk about in our history, like we know it happened. But I don't think the government has ever formally said like, hey, you know, we apologize to black people in the United States for what we did. As a country, I uh, I definitely agree with reparations, and I don't. I I like that the conversations the conversation is at least happening. Yeah, um, I am a little pessimistic, like towards you, like 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 towards what you're saying. Like I don't think it's going to happen in this administration. Mm. Um, but I never like the fact that a lot of politicians kind of skirt over the issue of reparations and never yeah. go towards it heads on because they don't want to step on you know other race and cultures' toes because but, they don't want to offend white people. Right, right. 
But what I'm trying to say here is that uh, reparations are needed because even today we're still, you know, dealing with the repercussions and the lasting mm-hmm. damaging effects of racism earlier in this country and slavery. So, yeah, reperca- yeah. Rep- reparations are needed. And think about it. They, the government has recently gave farmers, what, $16 billion? Yeah, they got reparations. Stimulus. Right. <laughs> right. They've given wow. them a stimulus, $16 billion to go to that community. And it's, it's, there's not that many farmers in the United States, right? I think it's probably... I'm going to estimate what three or four percent of people in the United States are farmers. And a lot of them already get subsidies. Right. And so if we're that easy and that quick to throw out money for them, how about throwing 50 billion into the black communities, right? Whether that's building, you know, um, schools, um, no, or renovating the schools or, um, creating more community organizations. Like those things are from reparations as well. But I think we kind of stuck upon just the money itself and just giving people a check. I think there's other ways. I think it needs to be a check and then there also needs to be investments into um, institutions. Yes. As well. It it can be and it should be both. So how do we account for who is a descendant of African slaves? Because that I, is kind of. Well, a- my uh, my father's mother, she did a baby book for him mm. with all the ancestors yeah. and the, like. And their years of birth for both sides. So yeah. I can easily, account, at least through my father. Right. And his DNA testing out there. So you'll know, like, specifically but what. Those DNA tests, it, it's all based on the sample size because I can go get tested now and they'll mm-hmm. say I'm 35% Nigerian. But mm-hmm. the more people that test, the lower my Nigerian percentage uh, that makes, goes. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But and they use that for law enforcement. So they, they do. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna give it because they're scared. They don't yeah. they don't want see the they know they did such a they know they did something very you know, ferocious to our people. Yeah. And um, you know, it's like, you know, the old story in the Bible when they went and they took all the sons out of the house because, you know, they're trying to, you know, cover their tracks and they don't want anything to happen. See, the thing about it is they want us to be docile. Right. And you can't be docile with power and money is power. So right. the thing about it is, you know, as long as – see, a lot of people don't understand. Slavery just ended. You know, that's why it's still – that's why we're in this problem, you know, situation. Yeah. They try to make it seem like it ended like, you know – thousands of years ago right, like the right. beginning of time or something but no slavery just ended a hundred years after it ended Martin Luther King was walking for education because there was clearly a problem in the yeah. black community we were all not educated and they wanted us to be able to find a way to be able to catch education easily mm-hmm. and what ended up happening was you know the government clearly saw it was a problem but they wasn't going to let us be separate right. but equal because separate and equal now you guys can have your own power and now we could possibly have a problem with the power structure. Mm-hmm. So, okay, before we do that, we'll let you guys integrate with us. But see, within that integration now, did you know that the population of jail has went up? It used mm-hmm. to be 95% white people in jail. Now, now mm-hmm. it's not that anymore. Now, yeah. you know, for us to only make 12% up of the country, we wake up over like almost over 50% of the yeah. population in jail. And it's only because they're scared. So, you know, seriously, when you think about the the true dynamics of what we're really facing, it's not about we did you guys wrong. It's about we don't want to have to pay for it. Yeah. We did you wrong, but we don't want to have to have any repercussions. That was our father's father's father's. No, it wasn't. It was your great granddad. It <laughs> just that, stopped. Not even that, because the residual effects of slavery leading into uh, the Jim Crow era was segregation, racism. That continues today. I was watching something on. It was this clip on uh, not Instagram, but Twitter the other day. It was showing. These black kids who were riding their bike in a white neighborhood in New York. This was like 1978, 1979. 
and the white kids mobbed up on the black kids and kind of drove them out. They're like, you don't belong here. Call them N-words, throwing rocks at them. So that shows you, like, these are people's parents. Like, these, they were kids. They're people's parents right now. And that showed you that racism is embedded in the system of our culture, right? So it was, it's whether slavery ended back in the 1860s or whatever, it's still, you're still dealing with the residual effects. And I think people are still, I would say some people aren't aware what we still deal with today. Even looking at the, the um, injustices you see in um, the prison system that like you just touched on, like that stuff is still happening today. You, police officers are over-policing black communities, putting a high population of black people in jail. And that's a form of, of slavery to an extent. So, you know, something that has to happen. We need to hopefully find an administration who's going to back this and, and maybe the, the dialogue and the ideology of the culture changes to where people are more on board with reparations. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what I would do with it if they gave it to me, but I still want my 40 acres of a mule. <laughs> right, I don't need I don't, a mule. I don't, I don't know what I'd do with the mule, but I still want the acres, though. I got to be For honest. Real. But I, the, I don't think the hearing was a serious hearing. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. I think it was basically a ploy because whenever Democratic uh, presidential candidates have gone out, they mm-hmm. are being asked by people about reparations. Right. So I think that they're just having this hearing. So, OK, we talked about it. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And the bill is just to study mm-hmm. reparations. And if you read that that bill mm-hmm. and compare it to other bills, that's not a real bill. It's three it's pages. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> It, it is. It is a lot of lip service, and I think it's also going to be used as a tool for Republicans. And they're like, "Oh, look, this is what the the liberals want. They want reparations, knowing that their white base, who are mainly rural whites, um, they're going to feed into that." And be like, "Oh no, you know, we got to. It's no way we can have a, a Democrat in office. They're going to want reparations for black people, all of that stuff. So it's going to further divide the country. I feel um, because there are people in this country who are afraid to acknowledge what happened." And acknowledge that through financial means. Well, they can't acknowledge what happened. Laura Ingram was like, you lost. You got conquered. Yeah, it is what it crazy. is, basically. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's a deep conversation um, that we, I'm sure we're going to have, have until, you know, the, over the next election. Um, you know, but we just got to think about the importance of it and read, being real about it. I read something online about uh, redlining and them oh, yeah. trying to um, – you know, I mean, even if they don't, hey, if guys, don't give me the 40 acres in the mill. What about like, you know, stop making it so hard to, you know, just live yeah. as a black person in mostly black areas. Like mm-hmm. it makes no sense. $500 a month for insurance, right. you know, on a car, you're going to surpass how much the car costs after three, yeah. four months just to be insured. And this is only because of redlining. <laughs> Those kind of sure. situations, if they just address that and stop that, that'd be a greatly appreciated outside of yeah. just, you know, uh, the reparations. Yeah. And a I lot, uh, when you talk about redlining, um, a lot of wealth was extracted from our mm. community because we weren't able to get those loans. Um, a lot of black families entered into, uh, what they call rent to own, mm-hmm. where you basically pay rent and keep up the house. You got to pay taxes and all that other stuff crazy. on the home. And if you fall behind on one payment, then it starts all over. That's crazy. Because I think I was just reading an article. They said in Chicago, it is distracted anywhere between 10 to 30 billion just Ooh. in Chicago. You know what they need to do, too? On top of that, they need to forgive all the student loan debt for African-American people. Make college free. <laughs> like, that would be a great way. Like, clean up, wipe off all that debt. Because, you know, Af- 
typically people who are living in lower income societies or neighborhoods are more than likely going to incur more debt to go to school. I'd say if you wipe that out, kind of evens the playing field, allow people to at least get an equal footing, don't have to worry about paying back loans. Yeah, but help. not a lot of us go. Not Yeah, not a lot do. I think it's maybe 20-something percent of us actually go. Or make it free. Like, look at a lot of Native, Native American yes. uh, tribes. They go to school for free. Isn't the country still in debt? We're always going to be in to China. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, but, I mean, th- when they want the money, they're going to find it from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they will. And they're, it's... And then the government is not the only institution that was responsible for slavery mm-hmm. and the the economic terrorism that happened afterward. The church, mm-hmm. the banks, yeah. insurance companies, prison, prisons, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this this can be a, a long discussion we're going to have, but this is deep. This is deep. But I wanted to to bring this as a current event because it is, you know, hopefully, um, going to see we're going to see some change that happens from this, but. Shayna. So it was a good segment, man. Right. Hey, it was a good yeah, segment. It was a good one. So Shayna, you don't have anything? Oh, yeah. Old Town Road. Lil Nas X. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I didn't listen. I heard he put Old Town Road on the uh, album twice. Oh, the remix why? and the original? Yeah. Dang. Man, right, so kids love that song. They do. But they I, do. I I heard some kind of polarizing things. I heard that he got he dropped the EP and he, they say he, he kind of sounds a little like Travis Scott. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's not like, he's not like finding his individual voice on the EP. Yeah. That's kind of what I heard as reviews. Yeah. I got to add this. Who would have ever thought NBA players would have a rap beef? Y'all hear about this? Mm-mm. So da- Damian Lillard from Portland, um, he was called out by Marvin, Marvin Bagley from the San, uh, Sacramento Kings. He called him out. He was like, hey, I can, I'm the best rapper in the NBA right now. And out of response, Damian Lillard dropped a, a diss track that same day. And then Marvin Bagley dropped a diss track that same day. And so this is like one of the first. And it, it's actually good, too. You got to listen yeah, to Damian, it. They, they got he, bars. He decent. They got bars. I was surprised. Like, they better than a lot of rappers, way better than Old Town Road, my <laughs> man, um, Lil Nas. Um, but, yeah, you got to listen to it if you can. Yeah, um, we were just talking about getting a yes to song. That's <laughs> right. what with my man. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lil Nas X, yeah. yeah. That, that was an issue. But. Check it out, y'all. I think this stuff is posted on SoundCloud. If you got a Twitter, go to Damian Lillard's Twitter page. Go to Marvin Bagley's Twitter page. It'll be on there. Give it a listen. It's been a history of, you know, rappers trying to be, I mean, I mean, ball players trying to be rappers. You know, Shaq. (laughs) You got Ron Artis, well, who is Metal World Peace now. Uh, Kobe. You know, we've had a history of this. That's true. But they weren't good, though. Shaq has some class. Yeah, you can't stop Shaq has some class. I think I know about that one before, too. I guess. There's a classic with with Biggie on it, the Biggie version. Oh. And we talked about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you you put me on that. So Shaq, I didn't realize Shaq had bars like that. I remember was decent. I remember he was a rapping genie on Kazam. (laughs) 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 But, uh, yeah, definitely take a look at that. Take a listen because it's pretty good. Um, anything else you know, in the hip hop corner? No? Cardi B has oh, got oh, indicted. Oh yeah, she got indicted. Yes, yeah, she sure yep. did. Indicted for what? Well, supposedly she had a real. Uh, it was like some kind of um, fight she had, um, I believe, in New York with these strippers that was talking to uh, her husband, talking Dang. to her husband, two Come of them, on, Cardi, and she sent the blood gang, the gang gang after him. So it's scared. like, yeah, she got like real charges, like conspiracy uh, to commit it's bodily harm, up. and yeah, yeah. So, yeah man, when you get to that point of fame, you just got to step Allegedly, away. Allegedly, because 
the charges, the TMZ reported the exact charges, but the charges are supposed to be sealed until she's actually arraigned and she hasn't been arraigned yet. But it's crazy. She got too much to lose. Like she got a kid, you know, she, I guess her marriage kind of restored. Who knows? But she got a lot to lose. And I feel bad for her because like that stuff, you got to let somebody else handle that. Like, no, you don't do that anymore. You're famous. I I mean, these women, they, they allegedly, you know, were harassed by men. Wow. And they had to quit their jobs. They <laughs> couldn't crazy. earn a living. They, I think they were bartenders. I don't think they were strippers. Well, they were sh- bartenders at a strip club. Yeah. Which which means you one step away from being on the stage. <laughs> well, you know who going who going to hop in and take her her spot? Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I, but about I don't know. I think Megan in. like is her own. Like she's in her own lane. Like right. I don't think she's necessarily coming for like somebody. Else. I feel like there's a well, lane for all the women that yeah. are in the game right now that are coming up in the game, and I think she's in her own lane. Like I don't think that's what he means, though. Like I right. think he as far means, as like, pop- popularity, right? Popularity. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's room for all of them. Yeah, yeah it is. I think Rhapsody should be higher than where she is. Like yeah. she's I agree. very underrated right now. Rhapsody is good, but you know everybody want to see you know little little butt little leg and thigh. That's what they're interested in. What about Lauren Hill, though? She she kind of rose to popularity without showing all that. It was a different she era, though. fell off very but, fast. <laughs> but that was the same era as Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown. Yeah, they That's had true. all. It was but enough room for all. Lauren Hill only had one album, though. She fell off very right. fast. She fell off very And then, yeah. her, and well, then I hear so much about her performances. Yeah. People don't like them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they go to the performances and leave out with a bad taste in their mouth. Well, she's usually late. Or she, she usually know, just don't show up. One time she was just there pregnant, just looked like she's about to give birth on stage. Oh, what I heard from the person who I know I actually have purchased the tickets for them to go see it. And I got the review when they got back. From, it's sad though. Cause yeah. she was, she's so talented. That's, she's probably the most talented female I want, R&B I want, singer. Right. I want to speak on one thing. Let's talk exactly. about DJ Khaled being a little salty. Oh, oh yeah. Tyler, the creator beat him in top 10 albums. Like Tyler got number one, I think with Igor. And DJ Khaled, I think because he yeah. put a lot of money into marketing, yeah. got upset. Yeah, I heard that DJ Khaled, some of his record sales were tied to like a product or something that was being yeah. sold. And so they discount, they didn't count it. Um, so technically he could have, should have been first. But, but, but they do that all the time. Right. They factor in merchandising and, and bundles into album sales. Does it matter? Does it really matter though? Like you making money, you DJ Khaled. I'm not Khaled. a fan. So, like you DJ Khaled, you are gonna make money regardless. It don't matter if you're first or second. I don't know how or why or what do you do. I think <laughs> I, I think once upon a time he really was a DJ, a, like a real DJ, and then he just started getting artists together and having to make music and producers together. I think yeah. that's he's an arranger. He was a part yeah. of the Terror Squad before he got famous himself. He was out yeah. there back when Big Pun was doing his thing. He was the real skinny guy in the background <laughs> yeah. trying to be seen. You know, right, right, he's the big right. guy in the, the foreground. <laughs> uh, but I think that the biggest thing with uh, with this situation is I didn't really see the rant, but everything is about publicity. Everything right. is about you know a way to you know arouse the public to you know listen to your stuff more Mm. so either one what he said was blowing a proportion like just imagine you're sitting in the back you're sitting in your living room as a billionaire mate you have to remember he's a bill he just became a billionaire so you're sitting as a billionaire yeah he's a billionaire i didn't know i thought jay-z was the billionaire no but see he's not a rapper see dj cal is not a rapper but he did become a billionaire though check it out yeah. So after he became a, so him being a billionaire sitting in his living room and then you hear this Tyler creator comes out and mm. he's supposed to be the top artist 
you could just possibly be joking, like, you know, I've never heard of this guy. Where right. is he even at? You know what I'm saying? Then yeah. someone's yeah. next to you. He called, what do you no. call it? Mysterious shit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I heard DJ Kellis stormed his but office, then, though, didn't you're he? absolutely right, because stormed his, his album went oh, number one okay. the next week. So it could have been published. That's true. Yeah, there's, there's different ways of skinning a cat when you're trying to get some uh, some people to buy your, your record. So, yeah. I, but what in your mind tells you that that would work? It didn't work for Nicki Minaj when she complained about Travis beating her. It, yeah, it, that, that doesn't work, though. Sometimes it does, though. Can't put it past. I guess. But, yeah, so I guess that's the end of uh, Shayna's segment. See, we had some stuff, Shayna. Right, we had yeah. a little bit. Let's move on. Anthony, what's going on? Um, I want us to get into the conversation, so I'm going to keep it quick. But I saw two very different movies about toys yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Toy Story 4 with my girl. Um, Did you see it, Shayna? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, it's it's a pretty solid movie, you know. Um, they um, I thought the series Is it was better all... than three. So yeah. yes, I mean, you know, it's it's just as good. But here's the thing: like three was a great conclusion to the story, and this movie is like a further conclusion because when you see it, it makes sense. Like the yeah. theme of it with this movie, it deals with like lost toys, you know, and, mm. and what is and what is found can never be lost. That's kind of like the theme of the movie, and it it resonates. It's a classic Pixar film. It tugs at the heartstrings. But when it was all over, I said, all right, that was good, but was that needed? Right. And you can tell this is the real finale because of how it ends. But it's like, eh, was that really needed? I mm. mean, but overall, it's good. You know, they got Keanu Reeves. God, it, the internet is loving him right now. I don't. Yeah, he, yeah it's, it's Keanu. They got Ken Peel in it. Um, they, they're, 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 they're a highlight in it. But um, mm. Toy Story 4 is pretty solid. Okay. Give it a thumbs up. But my thing is, like, do we continue to need. Like more uh, sequels of Toy Story. Like, what's the point? I feel Do we like need other more than sequels, other than making money. Like, what's the point? Period. Like three, three was a perfect cap off. Yeah, it was. This movie, it can be in there, but it's like, eh, was it needed? They just wanted to make more. They want to stay relevant. <laughs> but if the sequel is good, I don't complain. Like, like this is kind of like the same. This is every Fast and Furious movie after the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, why? All right, all right, but was that needed? You know what I mean? Probably but not. you know what I mean. I do want to see Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that looks oh, good. That yeah, looks like yeah, a good yeah. uh, action comedy. Yeah, it should be a good one. So but we, I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So what's the other toy movie? Oh, Child's, Child's Play. Play. Child's yeah. Play. This was an interesting movie, man. I feel like they, they rebooted Chucky well because, mm-hmm. like, the way they did it. Mark Hamill did a great job as the voice of Chucky. So, like, you know what the original Chucky is the solo. Is that Luke, Luke Skywalker? Yeah, because oh. he voices the Joker in the Batman cartoons. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> so, like, um, in the original Chucky, you know, he got the soul of a serial killer in him. Mm-hmm. With this one, it's like a computer malfunction. Mm-hmm. So this one works a little differently. Um, okay. I don't know. It's a bit more gory than the originals, mm-hmm. though. Like, it's a little it's a little bit more sick. Yeah. Whereas in the first Child's Play, Chucky was trying to take Andy's soul. In this mm-hmm. one, Chucky is Chucky thinks his job is to protect Andy from everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, he's oh, over oh. he's overprotective and like he's psychotic, uh, psychotic robot. But um, it's good, man. I like the way it kind of like uh, criticizes like the series and the Alexas yeah. and uh, the self-driving cars because Chucky is a part of a corporation that does all that. So, okay. um, yeah. Well, his name is Buddy in the movie, but they, they call him Chucky as a nickname. So, uh, mm. yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. It was oh, a cool. solid reboot. Did he want to see Shaft? No. I didn't see that. I saw Saf. I, I saw Saf too. How was it? I, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's like it's nice seeing Sam Jackson come back. Um, you know, I, it was more on the comedic side. It was, wasn't yeah, it? it was a comedic side. Yeah. Um, Wait, the first Shaft is not a comedy. First Shaft, which one? Well, we the one about? like yes, yeah, the one from the seventies. Oh, original. I don't remember. That's a comedy. 
I'm sure it was. I mean, I see the one from he's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I thought that, you know? was, I thought that was a serious black exploitation movie. Is there a such thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was right on time for Father's Day, too, the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it was like a big father. Yeah, it had the three generations it, you know? of Shaft. Yeah. Yes. It was a good one. I enjoyed it. I mean, you got to take it for what it is. It's not a serious movie, right? But it was it was I enjoyable. I wouldn't call Shaft comedy, though. Not the one yeah. from the Was so it like Superfly? Did you uh, see oh, Superfly? I didn't see Superfly. No. Oh. No, I didn't see that one. But it was good. I mean, I, I recommend going. Superfly. Yeah. Another good uh, show I saw, this was on Netflix, The Black Godfather. You want to see it? I, it's on my list. I, it's really I saw it. I have my thoughts about that. I mean, so for those who don't know, um, it was a guy who, his name is Clarence Avant. So Clarence Avant, he's not a, it's kind of hard to define what he is. He's a black gatekeeper. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to all the stars, all all the musicians, you know, um, he, he rose up like in the 1930s, 1940s, I believe. You know, he was looked at as being like the person who connect with the black artists. And so from there, he used that opportunity to really sort of make his own fit within the industry. So it's kind of weird, like where, what he is. No one can define him. He's just he's he's, he's just the man. He's the man. Right, he's just the man. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really good show. What were your thoughts? You sound like you didn't. I really... don't. I don't like the idea of gatekeepers because if he don't like you, he don't like your attitude. If he don't like your music, then. Yeah you're cut off because he has this big network of yeah. people that he has put on uh-huh. and he can be like, well, I don't want you working with them. Mm. Or I, oh, I heard like, or he could even, because they made it seem like if he was even iffy about something, yeah, he wouldn't like white money wouldn't back it. Mm. So yeah, I have my issue with all, all kinds of like gatekeepers. I agree. Was it objective reasoning why he didn't like certain people? Or was it like subjective? Like, eh, I'm not with feeling human it. beings. It's all yeah, subjective. It's subjective. Yeah. Cause there was instances where he was just, you know, he wasn't feeling them. Like somebody, it, it was one situation where the guy called him. Uh, there was like, Hey, I want to get you involved in the civil rights movement. He was like, no, I don't care about no civil rights. Yeah. I'm like, dog. So this is, this is, say that. so this is a movie about a controversial figure. It, I don't. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say he was controversial. No. He was just a, a figure in the, the entertainment industry. He was, just, he was just this person who, like she says, the gatekeeper who everyone knows. Like he's he's in all like circles. If you want, like, to get put on, or if you want something done, you you could go through him. Okay, and the people, there are a lot of people there, like Diddy. Yeah, Brock. Brock. For real. So that shows you he's he's connected, man. Okay, but I I recommend taking a look at it. Yeah, um, I definitely re- recommend. It's kind of long it. though. It wasn't long to me. It long? I mean, it was a yeah. lot of good information in there. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't like the whole idea of gatekeepers. Yeah, I guess that's it for me. Anything else, Anthony? Uh, Before we move on, and no, not right now. I mean, I got some stuff to say about gatekeepers, but it's not coming to my mind right now. Uh, <laughs> Ray Shaw, you seen anything? Uh, yes, I've seen a few movies. Um, What's one of the one of the newest ones I've saw that I like? I saw Toy Story as well. You know, what'd you feel? You feel it was needed? Well, I I see what they were trying to go with, and I almost feel like they were trying to relate it to like almost like black people in a way. You know how all the stories have like an underlining, you know, like 
be free. Don't don't think you have to have a master. It's better to be free and just right. enjoy who you is. You know, if you're watching it the whole time, okay, they're trying yeah. to impress. You know, they're trying yeah. to get the Andy, and they don't even realize. You know, you're free now, and there's a big world out there, and mm. plenty of things that want you. See, you know? I'm not the only one that's too woke to enjoy stuff. <laughs> but, well, he know, enjoyed it though. Yeah, I took my oh, son. Yeah, I don't though, be. You know, I don't so be I was enjoying all deep it. Thinking when I was in it. So, yeah, you're you know. right. I don't be enjoying. It. Right, but um, it was. There's a movie that I want to watch though, but I haven't seen it. It's supposed to be like the bad Superman. Or something like that. Right, right, burn. I'm trying to. I think it's playing. It's only playing in like one theater. I think it. Um, because I was trying to find that in John Wick, but I it's like it, only playing in like one theater around here. I thought it was everywhere, but I guess they probably limited it after a while. Yeah, it was good though. Yeah, I gotta take a look at that. It's it solid. So is it like a scary movie, or is it like really like a bad Superman? It, it's it's kind of horror because like it, it really is the birth of evil. So yeah, it's the bad Superman, but he's right, not so he's not horror. Superman. He's like Superman. Yeah, it's horror, but it's not like jump scares or not. Well, it's a few jump scares, but it's it's solid. Yeah, yeah take a look. I was trying to get my mother and my girlfriend to go with me, but you know they don't they like were, those scary. I movies. was trying to like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not the kind of person that want to see some kind of yeah. really scary jump out of my stuff either. But yeah, I, I was thinking, come on, it's a little kid. He's supposed <laughs> to be the good Superman. What could he do? Uh, you know? Little kids are the worst, though. Yeah, I, you know, I saw so a little evil. something. He was going in and out of something. He was like <laughs> messing the house up. I'm like, oh, he's not doing nothing too bad. He's uh, just messing the house up. He ain't uh, playing, man. He ain't playing. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> but let's get into our our uh, our last segment. So. We want to just sort of get to know you, you know, tell us about yourself. So, so Caesar Ray, um, you're a rapper from Detroit. How did you get your start? I got my start. Actually, I was, um, I've always been into music. My grandfather was a musician and, um, he played with, uh, Louis Armstrong and things wow. of that nature. So, you know, I used to be in this front living room and he would play with his, uh, you know, all his instruments for us. And we were just little kids. So wow. we're sitting up there and it's a big trombone playing. We're like, you know, at least I was, I'm like, whoa, you know, yeah. I want to, I'm going to play an instrument one day. You know, then sometimes he let me pick up his instrument. And I'm like, you know, oh yeah, I got the instrument now. So then yeah. eventually, quite naturally, I went into being, I played the saxophone, the violin, I played clarinet, you know, nice. so many. I was in the orchestra for about four years. So that was the beginning. But I would say when I started rapping, it just started coming to me. Like, yeah. you know, I was cleaning up one day and then, you know, came up with the line. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sweet right there, you know. <laughs> and then I came up with another line and added it. Before I got done, I cleaned the whole house and I had a whole rhyme. Wow. And I just never forgot it. Never wrote it down, though. But I never forgot it, though. And wow. then from there, I just started adding to it and then. I just was like, man, you sound sweet, you know? <laughs> and um, then I started needing beats. And then that's mm. when I started really realizing it was more of a, uh, it, it was, it, it takes more to make a song than just being, you know, sweet at rapping. Right. But, you know, I found myself in different studios and people, you know, mm. I would say using my talent, but not giving me a chance to, you know, preview it myself. Like, you mm. know, I don't know if you've ever been to a studio before. Have you anybody been to a studio before and did any music? Just once. Have you ever went somewhere, did some music, and not been able to get the song when you got done? I, I mean, I've been well, to the studio because they have to mix and master right. it and all that stuff. So I never seen the final like cut. Yeah, see, I went there, never got the song, performed it a few times yeah. with the with the camp or whatever, and I never got the song. So I'm just like in the background looking at the, uh, you know. <laughs> What's going on? I'm looking at the computer like I'm going to find out what they're using. I'm going to do this myself. I don't yeah. need them, you know. Yeah. Found out they had Fruity Loops, and yeah. um, you know, I went and found a way to get Fruity Loops for free, and yeah. I started allegedly, to, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> you say allegedly, 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 yeah, allegedly. Yeah. kind of for free, but not really. <laughs> and um, we um, 
I got a chance to make beats and I was learning and um I started getting a couple like a customer here and there, you know, yeah. they might want to beat and um then eventually I just started realizing you need to record over the beats. You can yeah. be a sweet rapper and have beats, but you have to record over them. Right. Brought my first, you know, recording software, which was Cakewalk. It wasn't Pro Tools. Wow. And um I started recording and then instantly boom customers mm. well no first it was fake friends <laughs> first it was fake friends first you know a lot of fake friends came to the studio they were uh, there and then the studio broke down yeah. and then i had no studio for like five months and all the friends i had disappeared oh so they wanted they wanted to record their stuff right it, yeah. hello who is it oh it, it, yeah oh you trying to get to the studio oh it's down y'all can still come through it. oh you right. just Oh, well, yeah, I'll let y'all know when they get back up and running, you know. Mm. Boom, as soon as they get back up and running, you know what I'm doing. It costs to get in the studio now, guys. If you want to come, I'm going to charge you. And that's when it all started. Wow. It's been that way ever since. I love people, though. I love the, you know, the fringe, well, whatever it is that you get when you get the people, that the bonds you create. Right. But, you know, I also know that at the end of the day, when the studio breaks down, Mm. they're going to go. So that's why it's a business. So, so it sounds like sometimes rap, rapping, the rapping career, is kind of a lonely journey. Like, do you feel like? Not when you're good. No, it's not a lonely journey. <laughs> it's actually, I don't know. I prefer to kind of, I love being around like-minded individuals, yeah. but I feel like I make the best music when I'm alone. Okay. You know, like when I'm alone and I can actually like vibe out and even maybe mm-hmm. even experiment when I don't have to feel like someone's judging what I'm yeah. saying. You know, you might be in there and hit a note that you would have never done before, but if right. someone's in there, you're not even thinking about hitting any notes. Yeah. But if no one's in there, you just, what if I make it hit a high note or put some auto-tune? I wonder how it's going to sound. Even sure. if you sound stupid outside of the headphones, you're hearing it in the microphone, mm-hmm. and you don't have any judgment, so it allows mm-hmm. you to have a little bit more free space. But other than that, though, you know, I feel like the music industry is not lonely. Yeah. I feel like it's mostly deciphering who's really real real and who's not that's what Mm. i think it really is because you know before you know it people like i say you know once once the music stops your real friends are still there the ones that's not they're gone yeah so um you know when you were getting getting started in your career and getting started rapping who did you look to to inspire you like what artists kind of inspired you tupac biggie nas uh the greats in my opinion you know uh, i love i love lyrics i love Eminem, I love to yeah. be able to rewind to be able to, you know, what did that guy just say? You know, is he yeah. he's he rhymed that so many times. Let me listen to it again. So I would say those guys. Pre- I mean, don't get me wrong, like mystical, too. I was right. really a real big hip hop head. But when it came to Tupac, though, I remember watching him and thinking like, wow, like, mm. I don't know if you guys remember when MTV shut down everything and it'd be world premiere, premiere. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, what's about the Tupac coming on at four o'clock? I got to make sure I'm at the house to watch it. It was almost like they treated Tupac like a TV show when he came yeah. out with a video back in those days. It wouldn't even be any other videos that played after it. It would be like, mm. everybody, this is the world premiere of Tupac's video. Yeah. So, I mean, that just had me just kind of like captivated. Like, I mm. want to do that, yeah. you know? Like that. Do you ever like fear where rap is going? Because I feel like I was looking at something the other day. Um, people don't appreciate real rap anymore, right? I think it's kind of this this gimmicky stuff. It was even during the NBA draft. There was they were asking these young kids. They're all like 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. They was like, "Who was Outkast?" And they didn't know. Did y'all see that? Man. They know. They didn't know who Outkast was. I mean, but that's give a pass for that. <sighs> a lot of people weren't alive when Tupac was alive. 
So yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not really expecting it to be the way it used to be because yeah. they're like they're looking at old school now like games first album. And then yeah, that's like that's Outcast is not like Stevie Wonder. Where right. you're as a mom, I can listen to Stevie Wonder or even Will Smith because my baby love Will Smith. I can listen mm. to that yeah. around her and not have to worry about the explicit lyrics and mm. having to debrief her from yeah, that. What about Miss Jackson? I feel like that's a crossover. The way you move, you're right. like yeah, that's definitely a crossover. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah but I can't. Yeah. I can Roses. listen to songs in well, the key of life or Big Willie style and just let it ride out when I'm with my daughter. I can't listen to um, Stankonia. As much as I love that album, I can't listen to it like when she's around. So yeah. I wouldn't expect. Like younger kids like that because like I have a connection to like Stevie Wonder right. and the Temptations and stuff like that because that was constantly played while I was young. Yeah, I guess I'm just I'm coming from it like you should know. There's some things you should know if you're a right. fan of the genre. You should know if you're, yes. if you're like a passerby or you hear it on the radio and you listen to hip hop, yeah. you, you don't need to know unless you're a okay. fan of that genre. Okay, so I guess for you, um, you know, how do you stay? Because, again, hip-hop, rap is changing. You know, it's falling to, like, a little more gimmicky type stuff. How do you stay true to to who you are? I try to make sure I'm telling the truth. Mm. And I also try to, I, 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 you know, I think about, I think about, you know, what a person would want to know about that can't be where I'm at. Right. Like, I know a lot of people that would love to come to Detroit, mm. be right in the belly. Right. But they wouldn't even know how to survive or even know what to be thinking like if they yeah. were there, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's a certain way to think. Everyone has different ways of survival wherever they're at. Right. But, see, I just like to talk about making money and hustling and right. how I do, do with that kind of way, you know. When I say hustling, I don't mean like hustling drugs, hustling anything. You can hustle, you can hustle right. a job. Please believe it. It's about trying to have a way to survive. Mm. Things you do every day to make, you know, to make things meet. So I feel like. When I listen to it, I just want to be able to feel like I'm talking to myself mm. as I'm going through things. Because right now the music is real because I'm going through it. Yeah. So it's not like if Jay-Z, if you notice, his music doesn't sound like I at first did when he first came out. Because when he first came out, he had a different hunger. Mm -hmm. You know, it was different. You know, it was it was because, you know, I'm still out here in the streets and I'm making moves. And I, mm. I know a little something that can touch your brain that you know about. But mm. once he got famous, it seems like his music got out of touch with people because now yeah. I'm driving Bentley's and I'm here. on some right. other stuff that I'm saying. Now, other people relating to me, but y'all not so much relating to me. So I feel like what keeps me relevant is being mm. able to listen to it and relate to myself because it's constantly yeah. every time i listen to my music it's almost like it brings it almost like it's talking to me about a moment that may even be happening at that exact moment you mm -hmm. know whether if it's like i got a song called you know um do you guys curse on, on oh, yeah, yeah, you curse. Yeah, you curse. i got a song called fuck fake friends you know yeah. and um the song is about you know people that come and go and they try mm -hmm. to play you close and act like they know you but they really don't know you like that but right. they they think they know you you know but it's basically telling you like skip them they don't care about them you know yeah, skip fake real. friends yeah i like the beat on that i might fuck around and get a speeding ticket to that song that's what's up that's what's up so when i listen to that song so many times i've heard that song and I related to an exact moment where I was yeah. like, you got to remember, 
People be fake, man. And you can't be sitting up here thinking that people don't come and go. So when I listened yeah. to that song, it put me right in the exact frame of mind. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of times, if I'm going to be thinking that way, it's going to be with the customer because I really don't hang out with too many people other than clients. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes lines get crossed and people fall sure. out, you sure. know. Now, with your like with your music um, like, are you a perfectionist? Yes, I am. And that's the reason why it's taking, two, it's just why it's going to take a couple more weeks to put this album, this key to hustling out. But I'm going to put all of them out. At, I'm going to put all of the albums out on iTunes at once so you guys can be able to listen to it, you know, and stream it as you guys go. But uh, I am a perfectionist because I feel like if you're going to be in competition, you know, you're going to be in competition with people that have such a team, you know, you have to try to represent yourself on a multi-level as a team, just right. in one person. So I try to be my own listening party. I try to be my own judge. Like, you know, that's, uh, it got to, it has to go. This, it just doesn't sound like what someone's gonna, it's not gonna be something everyone listens to. Right. It has, to, it can't be on the, on the, that has to be a mixtape song. Throw it out there. Just give it to them. Right. It's not gonna be something taken serious. But the thing about it is some people, if they just listen, if they're not thinking like a board of people with a harsh critic, right. Because you really have to think outside of just yourself. Sure. Then you're just, um, gonna say everything's sweet. Put it out. We're gonna <laughs> blow up. Right. You know, and then now you're sounding like true. a, um, like you're not professional in some areas. That's the truth. Yeah. But as a perfectionist, like, do you ever take the time to listen to your old music and appreciate your growth? Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's the reason why I'm going to release all of, all of the old albums as well because um, I just feel like I want to re-release it. It's mm-hmm. gotten very easy to release albums on iTunes recently, guys. Yes. And um, it used to be in the past, people, you know, they would be trying to figure out a way to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And what I did, I used to just hustle it off the hip, and I found a way to do it, and I taught other people how to do it. So I, like, sold over 4,000 copies of some of my old co- wow. some of my old albums. And um, I want to re-release it because I'm listening to them, and I'm like, man, this is hot. But I remember what made me stop selling the last album. It wasn't any songs tour, you know, for women. Mm-hmm. And I'm a harsh critic. And when I listen to the old albums, like when I was listening to Mace or DMX, I would always just skip through to see if I can find something to bang with a chick. Yeah. And I did that with my album one day, trying to sell it to some females. They still bought it because I got a mouthpiece, you know. But <laughs> I just didn't like that the only song toward women was disrespect them. And I started realizing, like, that's something that's very popular in the rap community. And I instantly... I instantly stopped selling and started working on something new and started making songs for the women because I felt like, you know, that's the way I want to represent myself. I love women. I don't want to come out like a woman hater, you know. So, I, you know, I I brought it back. And now I feel like definitely when I listen back to it, I hear the hunger. I love where I was going with it. But now as an older, you know, maybe a couple years later and been out there talking and trying to network with people because you got to do that to know where your album's going to land as far as your demographics. You know, women are the biggest buyers gotta give them praise you gotta show them love it's not even about just showing them love to give them the bias about you know thinking about what kind of people you want to listen to your stuff you want women haters listening to it only right. like you know i love women i'm not right. a woman hater i feel you i feel you so i think that is one of the key elements i focused on this one you guys will be able to hear it all though yeah i'm excited to hear it man you got once you release it you gotta let us know so we can plug it on air right definitely so you know, for sure so you I know. spoke. I'm sorry. He said something early, and I'm, and I'm just thinking off the head right now. He said something about what I'm doing recently. I'm working on a movie. It's called Bridge Card. It's about to be 
epic. I have a lot of big stars in there. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys an idea about it because we're, I mean, like, we're going to go back into shooting it at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we already have, uh, we have, uh, Eastside Ivo. He's going to be a part of it. Okay. We have, I don't know if you guys know who Jackpot the Juice is. Yeah. Okay. Jackpot <laughs> the Juice like, is going to be uh, the main uh, star. A comedian. Yep. Popular on Instagram. Okay. So basically, <laughs> I would go more into it, but my marketer has told me to, yeah, I have back. to get some. Yeah, I got to get some things taken care of before I put it all the way out yeah, there. But I'm excited I about really that. I really enjoy like um, the low budget. Like I'm not sure what your budget is, but I really enjoy like oh, yeah. the 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 low budget Detroit movies that I've seen on Amazon. Yeah. Like they are really good. They're well acted out. Yeah, right. Like they have really good <clears throat> scripts. It's just that I guess. Um, I guess maybe the budget, but I don't think like the budget not being there is like makes the film like bad. Yeah, like they're really good movies. I agree. I love Plug Love, and I think think it's about your ability to relate to it. Like you can relate to that movie, and you're like, oh, that's that's I experienced that before. I want to ask. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I agree with y'all. I just say I want to ask this before we run out of time because you know you are an artist, but you're also a videographer. Yes. Me and you spoke about your uh, well, I guess you're still doing it now. Where you um, you you did interviews and you 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 um, you walk around with the camera too. Yes. Yes. So, so tell me about that. Well, um, it's all a hustle. I didn't even I didn't even do this. I want to go ahead and I'm gonna stop it because I haven't even started press records. <laughs> I want to put it down so I can save my battery. But it's basically it stumped the radio. Stumped the radio. It came from God. I, uh, I give it to God. I remember praying for an idea because. Before I was selling my CD off off the hip or whatever, back in the day, I used to sell DVDs, and I was a real big DVD salesman. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I did learn some things from it, and um, I wanted to stop doing it because I was that's what I was known for. Even though I had so much other talent, you know, I could try. You could try your hardest to be known. Hey, I got these DVDs for sale, and I got got a good. I rap too. Yeah, yeah. Give me what you got. I don't care about your rapping. You know, yeah. they really don't. You know, like, hey man, you I got the DVDs with original content. You guys, yeah, not, yeah. not copyrighted material. Right. So <laughs> I ended up, you know, turned around and um, I asked, you know, God for a way out, and He showed me a way out with the uh, with the camera. And I didn't have the camera at the time. I just was like, you know, asking how could I do this, you know, and He was like well why don't you um you know put your music on a video and sell your music on a dvd and i was thinking to myself no one's going to buy that you know mm-hmm. and i was like really thinking like what can i do what if you put other people's music on a dvd and you put mm-hmm. commercials on there mm-hmm. what if you could throw it what if you can give it out for free and you put everybody else stuff on there and you put commercials on there and it's paid for and you make it so the dvd i just sent up there all these different ways and I, when I first got my, when I got finally got my first chunk of money, I you know I had to either I was gonna either get a cha- uh, charger. It was brand new at the time. It was supposed to be going against the challengers. Some some it, the charger just came out, or I was gonna get a camera, mm-hmm. the one that you see. And I decided to get the camera instead. And then I called mm-hmm. my buddy Deep Water, and I um it was like the same night when I got it. I'm like, hey man, got this idea. I just want to go out here to some open mics and just catch some rappers. Were you down mm-hmm. with? He said, come on, let's do it. So the same day I got it. I was out there recording people and I noticed how hard it was for us to get into this local, not even prestigious place. Yeah. I made us, so the next time, even though we got through there, we met some people too. But the next time I had us wear shirts that said Stump the Radio and I had us wear lanyards and then doors started opening up. Then we interviewed Too Short and then that Too Short was a blessing because then we ended up meeting E-40 and yeah. so many people we've been in contact with because of this. But the reason I say it's a hustle is because when we show up, it's not like MTV. Like MTV, you probably, if before they show up to an event, everyone probably knows about it. Right. They're like, oh, MTV coming tonight. I got to make sure I'm straight. But when we show up, 
it's like I'm still regular to the people that are guards sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea what I mean by it's a hustle. So we interviewed Too Short. It was so sweet. He was like, come on, come. We're gonna, I'm going to take you to my next part. We're about to go and perform at, um, down in, um, well, I think it was Flint. So we had us hop on the bus with him. We went to Flint. Then we ended up catching Doughboy, uh, one of them guys that, um, Heartbreak Kid. We ended mm. up catching him oh. down there and KDZ. Right. Mm. So we like, dang, you know, blessing after blessing. Then we come back to the city, you know, and as we leave and we, his manager talking to us, he's like, yeah, we're going to be back on the 29th. We're going to see y'all there. We're going to wow. be at the, uh, at the Fox. We like, uh, no, the Fillmore. We like bet. We're going to be there too. Okay. We see you there. So now here comes the day on the 29th at the Fillmore. We show up. We ready. Right. We got fresh t-shirts on everything. Uh, but they looking at us like, come on, buddy. Man. We know you know two shorts. He's pointing at the sign above us like, we know you know two shorts coming. We know you know juveniles coming. We're not letting you in here unless two short himself wow. comes and let you in. So you can just imagine the kind of doubt that could probably bring to most people. But we stayed there persistent. You know, we showing the interview, like, look at the interview. This is Too Short himself saying that. Come here, you know. Right, right, They're right. like, you know, whatever. Too Short, pull up in the car. He show up late. <laughs> you know, he pulls up. And he ain't driving. He in the back. It's like three other chicks hop out with him and two dudes in the front. You know, he hop out with a big bottle of Patron. He look at us. He like, uh, oh, they with me. <laughs> so me and my camera crew got in and we took like four other people that was there with us you know messing with the security guards like we all walked in the back with two looked short. at them stared at them like right. yeah we looked at them like yeah y'all have a good night you know boom went up in there and I mean it was just a great night but that kind of hustle happens every time and I really yeah. just think that it's important to stick to your dream get out there don't think that you need to get some kind of even though it's, it pays to have your paperwork right, right, don't let that stop you even. If you got an idea and you feel like it's something platinum, mm. do it. Like, like, just do it. Get out there, grab the camera, run up to the people, mm. be professional about it, and think outside of what you have. Think about yeah. if you were hired at the kind of company that if you want, like the way you got things set up in this place, right. very professional. Right. I like it. Appreciate it's going exactly which way it's supposed to go. And, right. you know, before you know it, you just had to do it, right? right yeah, it's, you yeah. just had to do it. You can't let nothing stop you. You just got to do it. Put yourself in a position to receive, and that's the only way you're going to receive. Mm. I like that because a lot of people are afraid to take the chance on themselves, right? So just being able to, to take that that leap of faith, like, hey, I'm doing it. You know, something you got to got to do. And then I like that you put you said be professional yeah. because a lot of people they walk around with cameras, even with cameras on their phone, they're very rude, yeah. like to you know to people. And they're very rude to celebrities. <laughs> and shout out to Ice Cube. He was a very down-to-earth guy. When I got a chance to interview him, you know, he did the most noble, noblest thing that, I, that I'm that i not going to say that I've ever seen. Because like I said, I've dealt with many of celebrities. But, you know, when you get when you get to that kind of status of being that famous, you're being crowded by the public. Yeah. They're on you. They're like, let me get a picture. Let me get a picture. Let me get an autograph. Let me get an autograph. Hey, I got a rap. I got a rap. Hey, let me do this. Let me get an interview. Yeah. That man right there. I didn't see him turn down no pictures for nobody. Wow. He he was there. He was very comfortable. And at the very end, when it was when we was, when we was trying, because we set up a room for interview, and then someone else this weekend it just passed a couple of days ago. We set up this interview, and then someone else there with the camera tried mm. to steal the interview. Mm. I mean, the girl was so 
good with the way she moved in there. She slid like, in there. She way. slid in there with her camera and she had a nice microphone. She started talking to him. She mm-hmm. moved our camera out the way. I'm like, hold on, that's our camera. Yeah. She like, it'll be back in a minute. I mean, the girl was very oh, wow. crafty with it, but I understand this is your shot. Right. This is your shot. I kept my camera. I'm just going to record her until my host get into place, you know. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cube you know he didn't understand that, that he was doing it for the wrong person at the moment but mm. once he got a chance to see the footage that we had and the stuff that we've already done and accomplished he goes to show you how a portfolio goes so far yeah. you know we got the interview we got him to talk about when the next Friday's coming out no one knows when that's gonna come out and it's gonna be available later on today on my channel wow. K.O. King E.N.T. on YouTube all one word you can check that out and I do appreciate all of you guys for having me here today truly truly do appreciate Thank it you for coming appreciate it yeah but man I, I'm just um, it's amazing to see sort of you know how you got this just being with your family, being with your, you seeing your uh, grandfather, you know, playing his music, and then from there inspiring you to to, you know, to, to start your. So that's awesome. Um, I go again. You wanna go again? <laughs> 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 All right, we're just waiting for our sound engineer to wrap up, but um, I do want to say some last words. We'd like to follow with last words. Um, on just today, yeah. First off, give your plug. Let us let the world know. Okay, if you guys are looking you. for me, you can look me up on Instagram. C-Z-A-R-R-A-E. If you look me up, I am always, well, I'm always recording people in the studio, but when I'm doing it, I I pull that camera out because I feel like it's a platform and I feel like once I get to where I'm going, people Mm -hmm. will be able to actually track my story because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pulling that camera phone out all the time um, and I'm making sure people get a chance to see what we're doing, you know, at least what I'm trying to get into, even some of the stuff with the Bridge Car movie. You guys can see some of the makings of that on my channel. If you go to my YouTube, that as well, K.O. King E-N-T, all one word together. Um, like Knockout King Entertainment, but mm-hmm. like I said, KO King ENT. And yeah, Caesar Ray, awesome. Knockout Kings, Stump the Radio. <laughs> I love it all. Thank you guys. Uh, now, what are you guys official name for your uh, channel? Because I want to yeah. make sure I give you guys a, a real nice shout out. Yep. So can we talk? So it's, if you find us on, you can find us on iTunes. Um, uh, SoundCloud is Can We Talk under the Podcast Detroit. So Podcast Detroit is sort of the governing body of the podcast. So under Podcast Detroit, you can find Can We Talk. Caesar Ray here kicking it with Can We Talk. And I love you guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Love you too.